2: I dagens episode av ukes podcast har vi besök av en legende, en legende som har varit med och skapa tysk vinindustri. Han har egentligen stått i vinmarkar brattrare än Holmecol kanske alla mer brattrare. Han har byggt upp två stora brand i i Norge och alla nomer har en eller, på nålman måte haft ett förtel till detta namn och den här markvaran. Och eh, det är er en ära och er en he- väldigt hyglig eh, tid här i studio. Men vi har Ernst Lusten på besök. Welcome Ernst till ja, studio. Thank you for the invitations. Mine. Yeah, that <laughs> very nice <yes>. of you. <laughs> Um, one of the thing when we heard that you was coming to Norway was I was looking to old pictures <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was explaining a little bit uh, about your vineyards and yeah. we'll come back to that and mm. how musul have been racing up from something to something new you have told the story many times we know the story but uh, what is the situation today in musul in the industry of of wine if you are thinking a little bit outside the box of your own company but Mm -hmm. where are this after the pandemic and where is it now well,
0: you know, I mean, the Mosel belongs to one of the 13 wine growing regions of Germany. It's the third largest wine growing region of Germany, you know, after Pfalz, uh, Palatinate and Rheinhessen, you know. Um, the Mosel was always famous for Riesling since 150 years. You know? it's, uh, it's the, it's the great variety for the Mosel. Um, and well, you know, I think with, each generation, it has his favorites, you know. It's like, you know, wine is also mode you know. It's a, it's fashion, you know. And so, as it used to be, the Mosel was very famous for the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s for their fruity style wines, which I still love very much, you know. The, the typical fruity, Cabernet, Beidlese, Auslese, you know, the fruity style. There was no dry wines really much produced in the Mosel because it was before global warming, Things have been not so ripe, the dry wines yeah. could be a little bit austere, a little bit acidic, you know, possibly yeah. not as pleasant as what the South yeah. could do for dry wines. But to be frank, you know the global warming yeah. helped us as the most northern growing wine region yeah. in this size of Europe, you know helped us to to produce uh, um, suddenly create dry wines and I yeah. think this is the most the biggest transformation in the last 20 years you know that we moved more from the fruity style wines yeah. which i still yeah. adore because i yeah. think no other region in the in in germany or in the world can do so light delicious Delicate, fruity style wines, like a fruity cabinet with a little bit of citrus sweetness or yeah. fruity spelt, is it? No? Because
2: what you're talking about is uh-huh. the love, is the matching between sugar and uh, and, acidity. and acidity. yes, yeah. exactly. And I remember when I was visiting for some years ago, you told me that uh, the balance between sugar and and, um, acidity. and acidity is something it takes a lifetime to achieve the perfect. Um, balance.
0: Yeah. Well, um, at, at least you you need. I mean, you you learn it through experience. You know, through as more wi- as more years you're doing winemaking. You know, you get a feeling. You know what what vintage should have, um, what a cabinet should have here, and you know on residual yeah. sweetness. And it always depends on the acidity. You know, mm-hmm. the acidity is the the major you know uh, ingredients. You know, yeah. to find out you know how you balance out the acidity. But as I said, but we saw in the last twenty years, you know, a strong move towards dry wines, you know. But I think the Mosul needed a little bit more time to learn to make great dry wines because we never produced dry wines, you know. So the files of the South or Rheinhessen or Baden, you know, they had been they had a twenty years longer experience for that, you know. But
2: maybe also have got the reputation of other types of wine. So yeah, they had s- also other grape so varieties, yeah. you
0: know. We always have been working with yeah. Riesling, huh? Uh,
2: but we see there is a strong move
0: to dry Rieslings from the Mosel and the dry Rieslings from the Mosels, you know, and nowadays you have really fantastic wines there, yeah. dry wines, you know, because there's always a little bit more minerally driven, you know. They seem to age better, you know. Um, because of the the you know the longer hang time, you know, yeah. and the little bit higher minerality of acidity and all these things, you know, it seems to, um, I, we can really make now great dry wines yeah. in the Mosul with great ageability, which can age, you know, that so, is also so very important.
2: What you're saying is, is that Mosul could be the next uh, go-to place, even if you're producing wine there. I mean if there are only 20 years uh, of uh, revolution of this to dryness, and Mm. then you can see, okay, now we all learn, Mm. hopefully. And then you can say the next 20, 30 years will be the generation two of mussel of quality. Well, yeah. yes,
0: sure. I mean, yeah. I, we, I think we are already there, yeah. you know? We are already there. I mean, I would yeah. say but the there's is, no no but the
2: prices have not gone up so much. No. So it's not We so. are not
0: yet there, that's true. Yeah. We are not that year uh, that, uh, that uh, there where where our colleagues are from mm. the south and you know, from south of Germany, yeah. you know? So that's true. We are not yet there, you know? But I think
2: uh, it's only a question of time that mm. we that
0: we that we will keep up. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, but, but we see that in Norway. As you know, Norway yeah. uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, has been for many years oh, almost 20 years has yeah. been a great country for Riesling and uh, almost only Riesling mm, mm. and I, I read some um, some uh, numbers last night that it was on the top 500 list it was or fifth no top 500 list it was 33 Rieslings 23? More, no tw- 33 33 yeah, yeah. Rieslings yeah uh, and you are number 14 of best selling huh. Oh, wow. uh, So that's good. Uh, yeah, that's and you have good. been there for many that's years. That's good, yes. Around, uh, uh-huh. I think it's around 600,000 uh-huh. bottles, no uh, liters, uh, uh-huh. it's a lot. But uh, the, um, the flood of uh, Riesling is uh, a little bit, there are so many brands, so many wines and so many, so it's a bit overflowed mm. with Riesling. And that's, mm. I, I think is, um, uh could be a very bad thing that it is too much Riesling. And and it's less sparkling it's less pinot and so mm, on. Mm. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, musel have been always the easy drinking, uh, mm, the, mm, the light weighted. Mm, but mm. I also taste the, your wines, and it's mm. it, it's coming, of course, more constrained and so on. And that's mm, one of the mm. topics I want to take up today. Mm. Is that uh, for Norwegian, because of the most selling brands, they are looking on a brand, but there are some other wines behind it. Oh, yeah. It yeah, sure, just in yeah, sure. amazing shape. Yeah. And we will come back to that. So you have brought with you two fantastic wines from the vintage of 2021. 21, yes. 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 And then you have the fantastic uh, property of Villa Wolf, yeah. who is one of the, on, I would say, yeah. uh, mm. my favorites of Pinot in, in, mm. in, in, in that price segment. Yes. Uh, it's good. But uh, let's go back to Mosel, Ernst. Um, when did your story started in, in Mosul? Uh,
0: well, my personal story yeah. started when I took over the family business. Yeah. That was in 1988. Yes. 1st of January 1988, I took over the wine, the the family business, you know, which is a an, an typical family business in the Mosul, 200 years in the family, you know. And so, um, 1988, 1st of January, I took over from my father, you know, for my dad, you know. Oh, which is also now, oh my God, ago, 34 years ago, yeah, yeah. you know,
2: so getting an old donkey but here. But if you go back <laughs> to that time, uh, your family business was then producing much more wine. You have uh, the heritage of wine, it was six hectares. No, 10 hectares. 10 hectares, days. yes, yeah,
0: yes. No, it was smaller than nowadays. Yes. You know, I took, took over 10 hectares, which was in these days uh, hmm. big for the Mosul. The, yeah. the Mosul was always... Um, a region with small estates, mm. you know? So the average size in these days, you know, yeah. was 1.5 hectare, you know, yeah. of a winery. That yeah. was the average size, yeah. you know? But this doesn't work nowadays anymore. Yeah. You can't li- make a living anymore from 1.5 hectare. Mm. So you needed, for 10 hectares in these days, was already big, you know? Hmm. But not anymore today, you know? So we are much bigger now. I've bought in the last 30 years.
2: Yeah, you're <laughs> uh, big, A lot, lot of so.
0: vineyards, you know? Because, the opportunity was there, you know, a lot of... So it I was mean,
2: 10 hectare when you started, and the yes. situation today is how much? It's, a, it's a
0: 60. 60, yeah. Six
2: but could you describe for our listeners um, how the landscape is Because it's breathtaking. I will take some mm. picture I'd taken there. Because mm. this is... Well, it's this steep. Is not, it's, 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 steep.
0: It, it's a. Uh, it's a, along uh, the river, you know, the steep mm. slopes along the river. And uh, I mean, and the Mosul is yeah. the... is is the wine region in the only wine region in the world which also has the steepest vineyard in the world, the Prema Calmont, you know. Calmont is supposed to be the steepest vineyard in the
2: world. And in numbers, do you know what the numbers is? They they are 45 or... Oh, no, 68.
0: 68. 68. Uh, Well, that is... That's, yeah. I mean, that is... You have to climb. Yeah. breathtaking, you know, to look down there. And we just, I mean, I mean... I had been jumping into this adventure, you know, yeah, yeah. three years ago, and bought one point one hectare yeah. in the Prema Calmon, exclusively the Le D Belcada, you know. So we yeah. have exclusively the Le D Belcada, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I was not drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I don't know what what drove me <laughs> to buy it, but I thought. Such a vineyard, you know, a vineyard, which is called the steepest vineyard in the world, you know, that is so, I mean, something so, I mean, something so singular, you know, so you have to take it. It was the chance to buy it, you know, and so we we did three vintages now there, you know. And it is amazing, really. It's an amazing, no, am- totally new experience for me. Yeah. Ex- extremely new experience, you know, because I thought yeah. after thirty-four years, you know, everything, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. no, no. Really I mean, sure. you learn every year yeah. again and again something new and something new, and the yeah. and the and and think, uh, the calmon, the uh, the Calum, which we have exclusively, you know, it's amazing. It's all again, you know, what you thought, you know, learning by doing.
2: Then you find out. Mm. Hmm. Yes. So you think you're still learning by doing, but. You have some experience from Musel, and I have yes, sure. tested your wines for yes, almost twenty sure, years. Sure. So, so there is no there is no lack of quality. It's no. more that you improve something. Yes, uh, b- every year, and also you probably uh, and push it forward. You, you push know, it to forward. Push push, yeah. push, push. You know, yeah. to try to to
0: find out not new things, not experimental things. Mm. You know, I want to find out the days of the great the great days of. German Riesling, you know, of Mosel and Rhine Riesling, which was around 1900 when Riesling from Rhine and Mosel had been the most expensive wines in the world, two to three times more expensive as first growth clarets like Chateau Latour, no Lafitte, you know, uh, two to three more expensive, you know. What did they do in these days, you know?
2: Yeah, but, and, but was that of tasting quality
0: of all of... No, yesterday? also winemaking.
2: I mean, like, tasting mm. winemaking, you know?
0: So, I mean, you know, to find... Yes, you have to yeah. find out what did they do these days, you know? I mean, you no, know, we forgot it. That yeah. is 120 years ago, 130 years ago. We forgot so many things. Hmm. That is always said, these are the days where the people don't have a lot of time, but no technology. Yeah. Nowadays, we have a lot of technology, but no time, you know? Yeah. And the winemaking in these days, and this I'm working now since 25, 30 years on this to find out how they made the wines in these days and what made them so great. And I tell you, and that is here yeah, what we're tasting here, G.G. our G.G. Reserve is exactly made as my great-grandfather made wine 120 years ago between 1880 and 1930, you know, where he kept the wines, you know two to eight years in the barrel on the full yeast no wrecking you know and so and that is that is amazing our gg reserves you know is a totally different animal i totally understand now i mean i do this now uh i mean since since 20 years you know and if i taste these, these gg reserves which are made in this very old-fashioned style you know they're fantastic. They're even after twenty years, they're still young. They've, you know, they're they're. Ma- I mean, these people knew things, you know, which we sadly forgot after the filter was invented. Sure, with mm. the filter, you didn't have to wait anymore. Why they people kept the wine two, three years in the barrel in these days? Because there was no filters. There was no fining. They had to wait until the wines clarified themselves, until the wines finding itself, you know, until they find natural balance, you know, and was clear until they could um, start to bottle these people knew what does two or three or four years of barrel aging does to the wine we don't know this anymore because now we filter and and bottle you know so that has been all gone lost and i now since 20 years i'm that's not experimenting anymore because i'm doing these wines now Mm. you know seriously and every year Mm. but I tell you, but still, every year we see the fine-tuning. We find out, oh, here and there, and there's a little bit that you can make a better wine. But this is so amazing, you know? It's so amazing to find out. So you you
2: think you have more and more steps because the Mm. wine yards are getting older, Mm. Mm. uh, yields are going probably a little bit down, and and, and, uh, you're learning a little bit more of this process of Mm. small-tuning. But uh, from the other side... um, I feel that y- you and other ones are again more saltiness in the end it's it's getting more concentrated it, 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 it's it's the acidity is strong it's long living and 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 it's um uh it's um uh it's a kind of uh, concentration who is who you have to learn use some time to learn it because if you take it at once too young like now the mm. two thousand twenty one uh People are drinking uh, German Riesling in Norway too early, mm, yeah. m- or many of them. Yeah. And that's not, a only bit too Norway, bad. not only in Norway, not only in Norway. But, but uh, could, could you imagine that that uh, this um, potential of, of showing old wines are our own segment in the future? Because if you're saying, okay, uh, German Riesling 10 years old is fresh.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that yeah. is exactly what I do. Hmm. I produce wines. I mean, sure, I release yeah. wines young, yeah, yeah. but I produce 50, 60,000 bottles every year, yeah. which I put 10, 20 years away yeah. before I release it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it is the, that is that is my goal, you know. I mean, producing wines first in the old historic style, hmm. when these people in these days, my grandfather, my grand-grandfather, never drank a recent wine it was not minimum 15, 20 years old. They drank it only old, like clarets, you know. Yeah. And so... And that is what I do. I put 50, 60,000 bottles away. We yeah. just released three years ago our 97 Wurzgarten yeah. with or 98, 25 years old. We yeah. release them, you know? Yeah. And so I do. Homage, you know, I mean, or our reserve wines, you know, they are two years in the barrel and then four years in the bottle before I start uh, uh, um, releasing them. The the homage, we call it homage, Mm. you know, uh, our homage stays three years in the barrel on the full yeast, and then after bottling another ten years in the bottle before we release it, you know, and we have wines which my great grandfather he kept his most favorite barrels he kept 8 years in the barrel on the full yeast 8 years in the barrel on the full yeast and then another 7 years in the bottle before he released it I do all these things you know so we we do this because I think in the future there will be a big demand for that again you know people will discover the great quality which is behind this old winemaking you know and we use by the way only for this kind of top top wines like the GG Reserve you know mm. uh, or Homage, you know we use only vineyards, which are on their own roots, uncrafted, own roots, no American rootstocks, and which are minimum 100 and more years old, you know, only from our top, top vineyards, which are extremely old on on their own roots, you know. And that is, I mean, they have this Mill Rondage fruit, you know, where yeah. there's this little tiny yeah, berries, you yeah. know. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's mm. fantastic, you know. That is so But to, so, to so break it a little
2: bit down in uh, in, in numbers because mm. people mm. understand, okay, highly concentrated. But for me, it's a little bit. Uh, I always explain that I c- call it more complex you, as you, yeah, concentrated. How many hours do, you, do do you use for your top wines to produce and collect grapes and everything, compared to an normal, like the the Villa Vols Pinot here, to have one liter of of the top quality wine, how much much hours do you use, do you think?
0: Well, I mean, the whole thing starts in the vineyard, you know? Mm. I mean, uh, the biggest uh, process, you know, or the most intense process is the selection in the vineyard. But after that, it is the normal winemaking with everything. It is the, because... I don't have to work very hard if I keep a wine eight years in the barrel. You know? No, no, no. The it's only thing you have to do there, yeah. is top it up. Yeah. Regularly. Yeah. Every month, top it up. Keep yeah. always the barrel full, full, yeah. full, full. Never, you know, topping up, that is yeah. very important, you know. But that is the good thing, you know, if you do, I mean, this is wine. I mean, it's serious winemaking, but you need only patience here. Yeah doesn't it's not much you work use more
2: huh? man to collect and work well the during the year. i
0: mean with the harvest yeah. you know yeah. with the harvest you do have the you have to do the selection you know yeah. so you we select more this mil one dash fruit and this and this and you know mm. the, the 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 most intense from for my opinion the most intense um process is the harvest the harvest Hand harvest with three, four different buckets, and then you do the selections—the different types of grape you you yeah. select into the different buckets. That's that slows down the process. I mean, give you now—I give you an uh, uh, example. We all our pickers have three buckets, you know—a black bucket, a red bucket, and a little white bucket. You know, it's all hand harvested. In the black bucket, they do only the 100% healthy grapes. And the red bucket, they put the medium botrytisized grapes, the medium noble rotten grapes, so fifty percent noble rot, fifty percent healthy grapes. They put in the in the red bucket that is for the noble sweet house laser, And the fully botrytisized, fully shriveled noble rotten grapes. You know, no healthy grapes for that. They cut this out and put it in the little white bucket. You know, so if we go for the full selection, you know, with forty people, we can do forty people. We're talking about that. You know, that's an investment of. Um, four thousand ten ten carriers you know that's mm. basically 40 picking 10 people yeah. who are carrying 50 people that's an investment for the whole day for one hectare of mm. five thousand euros wow. if if you take a harvesting machine mm. you know a harvesting machine is 800 euros for a hectare yeah and that's, that is that's and they do see, and right? they do the hectare in 45 minutes yeah for 800 euros i need Nine hours with 50 people for one hectare, yeah. and that cost me 5,000 yeah. euros. Okay. So, so you see, no. this is the biggest investment, mm. is the selective harvest. You Selecting know? harvest, yeah. yeah. Selective it, harvest.
2: Yeah, People forget a little bit of the, that handwork mm. yeah, that you're doing also. That's a, a, a intense. Difficult, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but how you do you collect, uh, how do you find your people? Is coming the same people?
0: Well, it's, it's say 80% of the yeah. same people. They're mostly from, you know, I mean, yeah. G- that Germans don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then I mean, it's really, everywhere in the world. Yeah. It's mostly Romanians now. In the yeah. old days, it was Polish people. Now it's more Romanian people, you know, more from Romania. Great people. They do very, very dedicated, yeah. wonderful people.
2: But I know that you took your ed- education in Geisam, uh, hmm? and, and then you have some uh, time in, um, I started, in Alsace and California, I Burgundy, and so on. Well, How not much... really. I, didn't, I mean, I
0: visited all these yeah. uh, all these places but the Stuart in yeah, in these yeah, days yeah. you know yeah. because I was the driver he still doesn't okay. have a uh, driver's license and mm. he visited all these places and I always said Stuart I drive you you know so mm. I got the chance yeah. to visit all these great places in the world you know top, yeah. top producers around the world you know by by by, by being the chauffeur of a mm. wine journalist <laughs>
2: but through all, all, all these years in wine industry you have been around and taste mm. a lot of uh, the wine yeah, so yeah, absolutely so uh, and uh, I know that you in in love not only with mussel wine but you are caring about much, much other taste. but but how important is is it for a winemaker today if you are meeting a young one to taste um wines from all over the world to understand its own quality if you well, when you I've, started in, in, in a, i think it's i mean it is, i mean why should it be different 30 years ago
0: as today if you i mean i always says um, that's my saying a great wine starts in your head you know First, you need to have an idea what a great wine is. How you want to produce a great wine if you don't have a clue what a great wine is, you know? I mean, um there's I mean, for example, I can give you a little bit, uh, that's 30 years ago, yeah. you know. I have been traveling already, a lot of people. I met Olivier Umbrecht, I met uh um um uh, uh Ravano, I met, you know, the um uh, Rousseau, Charles Rousseau, and all these great winemakers in the world, you know, and so and um, I have been starting to collect these wines, you know. Oh, and these days I liked Bordeaux, you know, Latour. I thought Latour is what great, and so it tasted very often. I have been also visiting Latour every day, uh, every year, you know, and so and then it was basically my. I think it was my sw- Swedish importer in these days, you know, and he came visited me, you know. And then he said, and I said, oh, let's go for dinner, you know, in the evening. And I said, oh, do you mind if I bring a young winemaker with me, you know, 30 years ago? And so um, we also uh, imported a little bit of wine of him, you know. I said, yeah, sure, sure. I brought a Chateau Latour with me to dinner, you know. And he brought a red wine, you know, Mosel red wine, you know, Pinot Noir with him for the dinner, you know. And so I opened the Latour, you know, I think it was, I don't know, 91, no, no, 88 Latour. And so and the young man said, oh, mm, uh, he said, oh, that's very tannic, you know, and it stings like horse leather. So he described it very well. And then he said, this wine would never get an AP number in Germany. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> and then we opened his wine. Yeah. It was a pale red, I mean, yeah. rather rosé, yeah. Pinot Noir yeah. with 40 gram <laughs> <each> of sweetness, <laughs> no malolactic fermentation. Okay. And, um, and, you know, what I said, look, you know, this is not really... A great red wine, young man, you know? And he said, No, this is a great red wine. This is a this is a great Pinot Noir as my father does it, you know? And so. And there I thought myself, this young man never saw anything else in his life, and therefore he's therefore that he always drank the sweet red wine, you know, or Pinot Noir from his father, he thought this is a great red one, you no? Know? And so and that's the reason what I That's the reason I always say, a great wine starts in your head. First, you need an idea. What is a great red wine? Or what is a great white wine? And I don't think that it is, it doesn't matter if it is red or white. What is a great wine? And if you have a certain idea, Clear idea of a great wine, then you go and start to producing it. I'm not the guy, the naturalist, you know, and said, Oh, God give me the wine and I wait, I don't do anything, you know, and you know, God gives it to me. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I think you have to make wine, you have to, like, education of kids, you know, you have to to intervent, you have to do otherwise, you know, the only thing I know what God is doing, um, with wine is it turns into vinegar, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and. I think you have to intervene into winemaking, you know? And that is what I mean. And where you get the idea of making great wine, if you visit all the great winemakers in the world, and it doesn't matter if I did it 40 years ago or if a young man does it nowadays, he needs to taste a lot of great wines to get an idea what a great wine is. And then he can also produce a great wine in his home, you know?
2: And I totally agree with you, Hans, Mm -hmm. uh, because this is one of my... I, I think when people, I taste some thousand wines a yeah. year as a mm, wine journalist, yes. uh, and it's a very nice job, mm. of course, because mm, yeah, it's sure. only tasting. But also when I recognize a very good, well-made wine, who's not sweet up or yeah. something, but yeah. good concentration, I always ask myself, uh, if this is something of reference? Yeah. And after your opinion, uh, for thirty years ago, who was the reference in Musel? And. And are there more reference Mosul? If the if you're going to pick up some of your colleagues, of, of course so, yourself. Wow, but sure. who's the reference in Mosul today compared to old days?
0: Uh, well, I mean, it depends, you know. I would say uh, uh, if it comes to the still the fruity-style wines, the mm. sweeter-style, the, the traditional no, cabinet, so. but now yeah, you have yeah, to differentiate, yeah, you know, you yeah, have to yeah. differentiate. Yeah. Because you can't use somebody as a reference who doesn't produce for no, dry true, wines if he doesn't produce dry wines, mm, you know? yeah. I mean, that's that's impossible. Yeah. So, therefore, that we have these two traditions in Mosul, mm. you have to take the reference, you know, for these two traditions, you know. And so, I mean, sure, for me, I can only speak for me, and the old days, the reference for the fruity style wines, you know, was always J.J. Prim or Egon Müller, you know. I mean, also uh, for me on the Ruwer, uh, Doctor von Schubert, you know, and Maximin Krunhaus, you know, mm. uh, was always a reference for me for the sweet for the sweetest style wines because they made great wines, you know. I mean, if you taste sixties or seventies still from the sixties, seventies, you know, eighties, fantastic wine. But with the dry wines, there was uh, there was no references because there was nobody who did really. I mean, did only concentrate on dry wines. This you had to 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 to, to learn yourself. You had to do your own adventure, your own experiences, you yeah. know. And so I did. I took away my own way, you know. And so uh, I that in this case, I was my own reference, you know, mm. because I started it. And improved it every year, for my yeah. opinion, you know, by because improving the, it. You
2: describe as a pioneer. Off muscle yeah. two dry wine. yes and, uh, that's and you my have yeah well a lot of money mm, and yes, investments yes and, yes and go through some walls yes to get oh what yes you are i mean i
0: invested a lot of money i mean i've been going totally back to wood i mean i pe- possibly invested a million euros only in in oak you know and i mean old barrels mm. yeah. that yeah. traditional food barrels, one two three thousand yeah. liter back, you know and so you know, still not finished you know yeah. this is an enterprise which takes 30 40 years well, I always say, you know, I still get 100, you know. Yeah. I have another 30 years. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, we're going to live long. So yeah. But but uh, if you go to the reference of dry uh-huh. uh, high, who who are your... Your friends out there in, in Mosul who go the same direction because you have mm. lead the Mosul. Mm. Not mm. only you, but mm. we have been to that path that you uh. have probably have a meeting and say mm. we have to do something mm. ab- about this. And then you are building an industry mm. that mm. Uh, now Mosul is respected mm. by a young generation of uh, wine uh. lovers. Uh. Uh. But uh, uh, today, uh, who will you mention as as the top three for um, to to bring Mosul forward? Mm. Who, and are there any are there any producers who is um, a black sheep, mm. I mean, young and beautiful. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, well, yeah, I mean, if it is from the famous, I mean, you know, I, I must say, it was always, um, uh, the wine estate is now sold, Karteuserhof, you know, yeah, but in the last 20, 30 years, I must say, um, Christoph Tyrell, the owner, you know, he was also b- b- definitely the pioneer of with his dry wines from the Katoiserhof definitely you know mm. they had been every year outstanding you know the, the dry wines of Katoiserhof you know also Schubert, you know he's doing i mean he's doing sweet wines but he's also was always i mean really really very nice uh, with the his dry wines but it is a lot of young people you know uh, i mean who are just totally new you know, in the Mosel, like, like, like for from, from me, I mean, uh, Daniel Vollenweider, you know, he came from Switzerland, you know, a totally passionate winemaker, you know, and he learned with us even, you know, he mm. did his uh, apprenticeship with us, you know, and he started then 20, 25 years ago, his own little winery in Traben-Trabach and bought because uh, a Kronkruh vineyard, which is uh, Wolfer Goldgrube, and was, cheap to buy you know old uncrafted wines he did an amazing job fruity as dry you know mm. um, so there there's a lot of you know uh, also newcomers you know yeah. uh, young very you know dedicated young winemakers you know who did a, are doing a great job mm. here. you know
2: because what we see in norway there are, mm. um of course uh, when you started in uh, you once in uh, you have imported the ones to know mm. for a very long time mm-hmm. yes but you also see that there are so many brands that they, it's a little bit disappearing the new stars or or new people and and we are as journalists we often go to uh, to the old names or the mm-hmm. names of mm-hmm. n- well known that's why I asked this question mm-hmm. because there's always someone mm-hmm. yes, uh, yes, yes. and even if they are not producing so much mm-hmm. or don't have so many hectares it's uh, nice to see that the area is not closed as mm-hmm. many areas uh, become mm-hmm. to be that mm-hmm. there are few owners but mm-hmm. they are just they are not growing because in Mosul you still find very small producers yes, who produce very yes. high because quality. Because like, like yeah. Follenweiler, that's, I mean, yeah. it's only three, and three and a half is, factors. Uh, yeah, you know? And the prices is low. So uh, for me, it's, it's a kind of, uh, I always are open to new producers from Moosel mm. because yes. I've learned that, uh, the yes. hard way that don't uh, under respect anyone. Uh, and, um, yeah.
0: I must say we never had such a high density of wonderful wines and wonderful producers, small, bigger, whatever, you know. The competition is so much bigger and dense, you know, and te- intense, you know, as when I started 35 years ago, you know, mm. there was not much competition, you know, that we have been, yeah, we have been the pioneers, the people, off you know, and, yeah. you know, Robert Weil and me, you know, and, you know, this gang, you know, this old mm. gang, you know? Yeah, so, you know, and so, you know, and so, but now, you know, it has, but which is fantastic. Yeah. That's the reason that German wines has coming back you know Hmm. because as more people I don't I'm not jealous or I'm not I mean competition is good good very good you know as more of these young people want to know it you know want Hmm. to work hard for making better wine and there's so many of them you know I think the I mean Germany never had so many good wines and estates you know which really work every year to get better and better and better better which is fantastic
2: yeah As uh, I'm going to say to your listeners, um, you heard that Hans Lusen, he is is fantastic here in the studio, but we need to take a little break for the commercial and we'll be back and then we will taste his three wines and we're going to taste the beautiful of them.
1: Um, Hans, um, uh, we let the commercial go. Jeg synes vi skal ha litt reklame, og vi må jo fortsätta å takke TempTech. Det er de som gjør denne podcasten mulig, og det er en, det er en perfekt sponsor her, fordi det er nyttig information, vil jeg säga. Si. Og den modellen som vi har lyst att å, å, å nevne fra TempTech denne gangen, det er denne eh, modellen som de kallar Prestige Pro som er ett et, et skap laget for på en måte, den typiske samleren, smartphone-typiske samleren men også dere som og det inkluderar ø- oss, Svein vi som er, er frustrerte over det ikke har er i champagne Det har jag märkt det sist. Jag gjorde den grassala feilen att jag är ett vinskap då jag byggde om köknet mitt och där var det ikke plats till som i alla hyllorna. Uh, så jag känner mig inne i detta. Men hyllorna i dette I, I detta skapet till de är er designet för att kunna lagra alla flaskeställelser fra Bordeaux och Burgund, men också då enklare magnumflaskor som är er en stor fördel. hvis du ska ha ett vinskap så bör du ha plats till allt möjligt. Um, Och så har du den där som har nämnt tidigare som är er lite unikt med dessa TempTech-skåpen. är er har den label views du kan visa fram någon av flaskan dina till dig eller eller gästen dina. Eh, och så har du självklart alla de tingna som gör ett vinskap till ett vinskap. Eh, stabil temperatur, luftfuktighet, you name it, they have it. och eh, som vanligt dessa skåpen får du eh, får du exklusivt hos hos Power. Vi säger inte det vinskap. Vi du inte vilket vinskap till jul? Ikke vent da til nästa jul, vil jeg foreslått. Skaff det kanske kanskje det er januar vet jeg? Jeg har er ikke peiling, det er, fortalte ikke Tempetech meg. Men skaff ett et nu nå, og trygg resten av året, du vil ikke angre. Hilsen Tempetech, og hilsen oss.
2: Och där är er vi tillbaka igen. för de som har börjat lite eller uh, komma tillbaka än så har vi Nobo Besök Antlosen en av världens mest berömde vinmakare som nästan är och som med få har byggt Mosel i Tyskland till en av de mest respekterade vinområdena i världen. And uh, we are back in the podcast Ant um, we heard before the commercial that uh, we are tasting wines and we will start with the project of Villa Wolf and let's yes. start what is Villa Wolf? Well, you know, um, and the Mosel you know, that's the family estate,
0: which is 200 years in the family since, say, more or less since 200 years, we do only Riesling, you know, which I think is the grape variety for the Mosel, which works best there. You know, that's like Pinot Noir in Burgundy uh, or Chardonnay in Burgundy. It's the Riesling for the Mosel. You know? But beside of the Riesling, I must say, I like the Burgundy. I mean, the, I mean, the, 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 the Pinot. Pinot varietals very much, you know. I like Pinot Blanc, I like Pinot Noir, I like Pinot Gris. Huh? So it uh, was always my idea before I start to do something in the Mosul, which is traditionally not barely um, um, grown there. You know, I rather go to the area which has a very long tradition for the Pinot varieties, and the Rhine River has a more than thousand years of tradition of growing. Uh, Pinot varietals, the Pinot Blanc and the Pinot Gris and the Pinot Noir and was I think an old French king Charles the Bold who brought the Pinot varietals a thousand after Christ to the Rhine to basically to Lake Constance and then then moved up the Rhine you know. So it is definitely a Rhine varietal the Pinot Um, and so I thought and I got 96, I got this great chance you know to take over a very old historic wine estate uh, Villa Wolf, you know, um, was founded in 1843. Um, and so uh, it was the perfect place, you know, to say, oh, let's go there. And here we do our, I mean, we do also Riesling there. I mean, you yeah. know, Riesling is the main varietal of Germany, you know, 50% mm. of the world production of Riesling is produced in Germany, you know. But for me, it was also a very important, um, important to go there, uh, to, to go to a place where Pinot has a long tradition, and so ninety six, I got the chance to take over the Villa Wolf estate, and we started then doing also beside of reasoning Pinot Blanc, Pinot Noir, and uh, Pinot Gris. You know, yeah. and that was the that, that was the goal. You know, I mean, we do also now a little bit Pinot yeah. Blanc and a, a little very, very tiny Pinot Noir yeah. in the Mosel, you know, but more by accident. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And but,
2: but this pinot we have in the glass here. Uh, this is, is, uh, yeah. is the pinot noir of 2020, 20, yeah. 2020. Yeah,
0: that's our pinot noir Villa Wolf 2020. Mm. You know,
2: and, and this pinot is for me um, is, is very fruit driven. Yes, but it's more fruit driven today than it was mm. earlier, mm. because there have been a little patch for my palate to understand Villa Wolf. Some ways in the in in the well also
0: also we learn every year. Yeah,
2: yeah, because (laughs) we
0: try to improve every year? We are not happy. I mean, if you are once happy, what you're doing, you know, Hmm. then you will never improve. You know. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I know it is exponential more work if you you know. I mean, the first 50% is easy. Everybody knows how to winemaking, yeah. you know? Then the next 20% is exponential more work, you know? Yeah. But the last 5%, you know, it has 10 times or 15 times or yeah. 20 times more work mm. as the first 50. Yeah. But you never reach the, uh, yeah. from my opinion, yeah. you never reach the 100 point. Yeah. You c- try only to get closer and closer and closer yeah. to, in, to to learn more. and to. But I think the most important thing is that you still dry every
2: mm. year and if
0: it is only a tiny little bit you Anything, know yeah. I mean to get better you know to get better to get better to get better you know?
2: because the, it, the pricing of this is only uh, 163 kron or yes. 64 kron yeah no, that so is the funny thing that's right? our entry level yeah.
0: but you know isn't it more more important often you know which I say you know I mean if you have a great vineyard it's, it's um, and and you know uh, Fantastic Cru vineyard you know, and you you can do a few barrels there you know, and to concentrate on the on this wonderful vineyard and do a great wine, but isn't it much more difficult to produce high quality with the wines with the entry level wines and I is think, it not uh, more, more yeah and wine. and isn't it not even not more important for me it is so important to put more effort you know. Also into the entry-level wines, because you know what I always say? Riesling, our Dr. L. Riesling, for example, Mm. that has to be a very good product. Why? Because if people don't know anything about the Mosel, uh, Mosel Riesling, I mean, or don't know anything about Bordeaux, they don't go out and buy for $600 a bottle of Chateau Latour or Mouton Rothschild. They buy the Mouton Cadet for $10 or $12 to taste what. What, yeah. what Bordeaux is about it if this wine sucks he will mm-hmm. never go back to Bordeaux again so you only have this one chance you know to convince for me the entry level wine should be always the ambassador for the region that if people who don't know anything about the region they buy a $10 bottle mm-hmm. of wine from this region and if they like this wine they say oh my god there seems to yeah. be a nice region. They make great wines. And then he possibly go to the next time and buys a $20 bottle of Riesling, you know, and said, oh, really? That's nice. And then he started learning. But if you put him off with the first taste of a entry-level wine, you know, hmm. then he's never come back. And therefore, for me, it's important. It doesn't matter if it is our entry-level Pinot Noir or our entry-level Riesling. We put so much effort into the entry-level wine because this is my ambassador, you know, yeah. my ambassador two, two other to, to, yeah. to higher... To to higher qualities, you know, and therefore I think too. We and you know, funny thing here, the entry level here wine, you know, well people always say, yeah, yeah, it's nice and so you know and so, but they think they can't put it away. I found, few weeks ago, I found one hundred twenty bottles of this wine, you know. I don't know why. Well, so not so the, you're losing uh, bottles. <laughs> you have to check it out. Yeah, whatever. You know. Yeah. I mean uh, Two thousand eight vintage, so fourteen years old. I opened a bottle and said, "Hallelujah, holy moly! This entry level, how beautiful the wine was!" And then I had in the evening, I had my English importers there, you know, which are a lot of French wines, and so they know a lot, you know. And so I put the, I opened this 2008 and poured it to them, you know, pliant, you know, and said, "What do hmm. you think? Oh, that? Oh, this is French. That's Burgundy, no?" Huh?
2: And so I said, no, that's the
0: entry-level wine you sell to Waitrose, you know, only 14 years old. And this is for me important, that also an entry-level wine has the potential, you know, to age and still shows after age, that it's not a a one-shot, you know, um, fly, you know that it also has future, you know, yeah. that it can also age, you know. And that is for us very important, you know, to put a lot of... And here, and nobody does for an entry-level wine for mm. that price. These wines are all over barrelled. It's 18 months, you know. Half of it is 18 months in French oak, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: 18 months in French oak, used oak, not new oak. Mm. And the other half is 18 months in stainless steel. The idea is behind this, have it at 18 months in French oak, you know, um, you get the complexity through the micro-oxidation, through the staves, it gets, the fruit is, is going away a little bit, but you get much more complex wine. And the wine, the other half, which stays 18 months in stainless steel, you know, Keeps the fruit because it can't, you know, oxidize, mm. you know. It keeps the fruit, but still much already matures a little bit. Comes together, but still keeps the fruit. And then after 18 months, I plant both together. I have the complexity from the oak and mm. the fruit from the stainless steel. And that yeah. makes it, That makes it, that's, you know, still the, yeah. fruit, but at the yeah. same time complex.
2: But if you want to describe your own wine, uh, how how do you... Because for me this is a, it's a fruit-driven, light-bodied mm. uh, red wine with uh, mm. various. Did uh, have this tannin structure is good, but what I like It's a bit softer. Always, German
0: Pinot Noirs are always softer in the tannin structure.
2: Uh, yeah, a little bit mm. softer, but, mm. but 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 this is also the acidity level here mm. is outstanding good. So mm. it's mm. very good food wine. Yes, mm. yes. But yes. when you see on the price, mm. no, this is one of the. Not expensive, but very mm. good fruit driven, mm. mm. real yeah. wines. Yes, and I'm very thankful that uh, we took mm. it to the studio. Oh, it's very nice. So. And as
0: you know, look beautiful color, you know,
2: for yeah, noir, it's, it's everything there, good. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, you brought also two other wines who is yes. describing more or less uh, mm. your f- passion of our wines. flagship um, wines, yeah. And uh, for um, uh, for our listeners, mm. um. What do we have in the glass now, uh, and please describe a little bit, yeah. uh, because yes. one of the things I, I recommend to everyone who has not been in Mosul is to travel there, mm. and one of the reasons is because it's a beautiful, beautiful scenery, yeah. and it's, it's dramatical, you can see the weather changed 100 kilometers away, um. and you can have sunshine, you can see the thunderstorm, mm. it's so beautiful, but mm. there's also the quietness. Mm. So, yes, they are so quiet. That there's no industry. You can hear. Yeah, there's no industry. It's it's quiet. And the evenings is coming down. The hotels have mm. the. Um, they are uh, probably a lot of tourists, but it still is a, is a calm mm. situation. And and every time I've been there, I've been been uh, thinking oh, this is a beautiful place to live. Mm. Uh, but please describe now the wines we have and, and mm. in in our right glass. How do you like to taste it? Yeah, uh, from from left to right, mm. you know. So
0: you know, we have now two wines here, two top Grand cru vineyards from us, you know. Uh, also, top Grand cru vineyards known from the Middle Mosel, uh, very very famous in in the left class, you know. Very famous, the Grand Cru Vilna Sonnenuhr. Vilna Sonnenuhr is one of the most famous wine vineyards here in the Middle Mosel. Um, this is a vineyard, huh, which is. Based on blue slate, you know, we call it blue slate soil. Because our whole area, the Mosul, had been digging for 200 million years a valley into the slate hills of the Rhineland, we call them, you know. Mm. And it took them 200 million years to, to, to dig the valley for the river, you know. And now, so the the, the slate hills of the Rhineland are between 408 meters, 400 and 800 meters high, you know. But the valley the Mosul have been creating in the 200 million years, you know, uh, is the reason that we can produce wine there because the valley protects the vineyards. The Mosul is only 100 meters above sea level, you know, mm. and then along the steep slopes, you know, of the Mosul, we grow Riesling, you know, mm. the grape variety Riesling, you know. And here, the Wilner Sonnenuhr is one of our f- most famous Grand Cru, and that means uh, here... It, we have the soil here mm. is all slate soil. blue Devonian slate. The slate is from Devonian time, 400 million years old. blue Devonian slate soil. And this vineyard has the reputation to be the most typical wine or producing the most typical wine for the Plue Slate soil. Um, it's amazing. You know what's even more amazing? We still have vineyards like these two wine, vineyards which we show now, you know which have been never attacked by phylloxera you know 150 years yeah. ago the uh, the whole european wine growing areas had been destroyed by this buck, which was uh, slept in from america destroyed all the european wine growing areas that is very very rare very 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 yeah. rare that you have any regions left in europe know which never had been attacked by phylloxera you know or where the phylloxera didn't destroy the wines you know? I mean the european wine growing areas have been saved yeah. By crafting yeah, yeah. the Vitis vinifera, the European vine, mm. onto American rootstocks, so that the roots are American and can't uh, it got can't it got detected by the mm. by the by the by the phylloxera uh, bug, you know. But we have still vines which are original, where the roots, everything is original Riesling, you know. Yeah. And for example, this vineyard here, which we are going to taste here now, the mm. Vilna Sonnenur, these are 130 to 150 year old vines, you know, on their own roots. These are these that you don't find many of these vineyards no. anymore left in Europe, you know, which can be uh, that's old and on their own roots, you know. So it's a very, very, very unique wine which you can drink here. You know, the or um what we call GG. Yeah. You know? GG is basically grosses Gewächs so or great growth, yeah. so Grand Cru. So it says GG. What you see here on the on the on the on the bottle
2: tells it you. It could be a very good thing to to our listeners to to see if you have a GG on on the bottle. Is usually it's a higher. There are always higher quality, mm-hmm. but it's inside the GG area there are roots or. Um, uh, I think uh, it's a little bit different aspect of quality but it's high quality Yeah. but what I see in your wines is that mm-hmm. the concentration of this Sonnenur uh, who, who is one of the most exciting wine yachts in, the, in mm-hmm. the world yes, yeah, yes. and uh, in the middle mm-hmm. of the wine yachts is a big uh, watch a big sundial so, so yes, a it's a sundial. Sundial. yeah sundial so it's one of Sonnenur yeah.
0: sundial yeah, yeah. this was um, this sundial was uh, donated um 18 forty two by Jodokus Prum, one of the pre 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 ancestors, so basically also a great, 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 great uncle of mine, you yeah. know, um, who donated um, the, the the sundial you know he spent all his he was not married he uh, spent all his uh, money for charity for donations uh, and he donated on um, you know the sundial 1842 to the village because in these days people didn't have a watch even no. the church tower in Wehlen in didn't have a clock still no. today yeah. but that was the first time that the people could at least from morning no. 8 to evening 6 o'clock see the time you know yeah. but as soon this sundial was built into the vineyard Uh, which is a 100% south-facing vineyard. Otherwise, a sundial wouldn't work. (laughs) Um, Which you see, it's go from 8 to 6. You know, the sun is coming out at 8 o'clock in the morning and dawns at 6 o'clock in the evening. So at least during the day, the people had the time, you know, could see the time. And so, and this sundial, Bailey Sonnenuhr, gave the the, the name to the vineyard then, Hmm. the surrounding vineyards, you know. Uh. And, yeah, and this, I mean, and this wines, are, this wines are already produced in this old-fashioned style. Hmm. After fermentation, in the traditional big oak cask, which we have, it's not barrique, the small cask, yeah. as the French have, our casks are 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 liter size, we ferment the wine, the juice, in these traditional old, big old uh, cask. you know. Then after fermentation, if they are dry, we sulfur, we top it up, and then we leave it for one year or two years, sometimes three years, up to eight years, in the barrel, on the yeast, you know, because we don't wreck it off the yeast. We leave no. it on the full yeast and let it ripen in the in the in the in the barrel, but we're topping up, you know, every month we yeah. you fill fill up the, the barrel. That's very important, you know. But we let the wine stay on the yeast to ripen, very, very gentle, you know. No steering, no batonnage. only don't touch it anymore, you know. And then the wine gets a really nice harmony, you know. Everything, you know, the micro-oxidation through the stave, mm. the contact to the yeast, you know, integrates, you know, you know uh, everything into, you know, the acidity and everything into the complexity of the wine. That you get a very complex wine, you know thing you know that the acidity is integrated everything is integrated that you get very harmonious dry wine that is and as more you wait yeah. if you wait two years it gets even more complex you know mm. and this is what i rediscovered of the winemaking of my great grandfather and rediscovered it for 20 years and do it again
2: and then i have to um, go into the, the price thing again mm. because you are doing so much investment in time so mm. effort to it mm. But still, we see uh, that the prices for German rising in in that kind of category, Mm. maybe because of Mm. the competition in Norway. But uh, I always say that some of the GGA, and especially yours, are 200-300 kroner. Mm I know <laughs> too little. And, yes, and, and, and I mean, and you know, I what, did... what is your what what is your thoughts about this? I know that the competition in Norway are big mm, and yeah. strong, and it is effort to sell every bottle and so on. But still, uh, I say to people that buy German Riesling, buy it now because in ten years you will laugh mm. at the prices. But mm. when you see that, um because you started even not so expensive, so mm. you have done a lot of. But yeah. of course, uh, mm. when you when you see also the numbers in Norway, we are buying more expensive wine from Germany. Yes, and I know, we, we, I know. We like to do it and it's important to, to yes, just understand I know. I know. behind a bottle of uh, Riesling mm. is not the ordinary day-to-day. Mm, mm. But you need to taste concentration, as you mentioned before, mm. to understand it. And this mm. is one of the, I think it's one of the references should be. Mm. But it brings me also uh, to the reference of the other one you have with me, yes. that uh, just... Um, not so far away. Uh, there are the completely different wines yes. in taste because of the, uh, the, the terroir. Yes, and exactly. Tell us
0: a bit about I brought these two wines, you know, by mm. purpose, you know, because they are the most extreme, you know, terroirs. We have the typical blue slate, which is 80% of the Mosul, middle Mosul, is slate soil, the mm. blue slate soil. But there's only one or two villages in the Middle of Mosul which are not based on slate, you know? Yeah. This is based on very red, weathered volcanic soil, volcanic conglomerate soil, you know. So, completely different. This is blue, if you look from the distance. The vineyard looks blue because of the blue slate, you know. Here, you look from the distance, it's deep red. The whole hill is mm. deep red because of this weathered red volcanic soil, which, yeah. which is basically the lava, you know, conglomerate. Yeah, because you know?
2: In, in a very old history, it's, mm. it's coming, the lava is coming yeah, down from the it, it, Yeah, basically, it, yeah. it filled
0: the valley, you know. Yeah, yeah. Be- beneath mm. this lava flow, you know, mm. it basically there was a valley. It was filled up by the lava flow, you know. Beneath is slate you know yeah. and but the heat of the lava flow oxidized the blue slate into red slate you know yeah. so left and right and right of the village of Erzik you know where we yeah. have the lava this this red volcanic soil red and left of the village the blue slate is all red, you know, because it's oxidized to red slate, you know. The, the heat oxidized the blue slate, the iron in the blue slate to red slate, you know. Yeah. But here in the in the heart of the Würzgarten, you know, where we have this red volcanic soil, and that's called Würzgarten, Spice Garden. Why it's called Spice Garden? Because you have a totally different aromatic. With slate, with the blue slate, you have, always have the stone fruit aromas, you know. Hmm. You have, say, Green apple, depends on the ripeness, green apple, white peach, yellow peach, mm. sometimes apricot, yeah. you know. More mature. Also, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Not more this driven. kind of yeah. fruit, you know, mm. yeah. fruit aromas, you know. If you have a green mm. apple that yeah. smells, a uh, white peach, it smells for fruit, you know, it's mm. very fruit driven, you know. But here in Ursik you never have the, you never have stone fruit. With blue with slate, we always said they are based on stone fruit aromas, you know. Yeah. But with the volcanic soil, you never, have the pr- you never have stone fruit aroma. Here you have this more, this kind of spicy herbal aromas, you know, and you don't. Know, yeah, oh, smell them.
2: No. They are totally different. different yeah. Totally
0: different. And you have more the herbal character here, you know. Mm. And so, and it's also a little bit slightly softer because this volcanic soil buffers. The acidity more. It is by analysis the same, but with a slate, the acidity looks always a little bit more mineral driven. And here with Ötzsche Würzgarten, with a volcanic soil, the acidity looks always a little bit rounder, yeah. a little bit more integrated, you know, a little more, you know, bigger. You know, wine yeah. has a little bit more, seems to be a little bit bigger in the mouth. Yeah. And that is, that is the nice thing. Mm. How terroir mask a yeah. wine how terroir let's yeah. see I mean how, how you fee, see it yeah, in, yeah, the, in the tasting it. You know. I
2: think everyone who mm-hmm. buy the two wines here and mm-hmm. I, I recommend everyone to wine making is the same yeah uh, and and I recommend to, to just buy these two wines and taste them together have it to a good meal uh, but um, we have talked a lot uh, and it's very nice to have you here in the podcast but we have to end uh, the story of your visits but uh, I want to, to hear your um your plans for the future of, uh, of, uh, of, of Lucen, of your, what, what, are, what is the next thing you're going to do? Is a new, wolf project going on? Are there any news around? Yes. <laughs> it is. It's coming some <laughs> news. So, so we, new we had a, ex- and we have to talk about the Jaguar. Huh? The the, the, the jaguars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is jaguars. another. Yeah. Yeah. That's another passion of yes, me. Yeah. I love old jaguars. Yes. You know, old jaguars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I just get my. Uh, just yes, three weeks ago I got my E Type out of the restoration. You know. Ah, you did. Yeah, sixty-five first series. Uh, completely restored. You know, and so I didn't drove it yet because the weather is so lousy. Um, but it was three years in restoration. You know, and looks fabulous you know we have to go yeah. back to the wines but yes the, but we have is to go <laughs> back to the wine <laughs> yeah. yeah what's new i mean with villa for mm-hmm. example we own a monopole vineyard site there which is called wachenheimer bells and this is in wachenheim the village of wachenheim the only vineyard you know it's the upper part of the resch uh, which is i mean pure limestone you know we used to do always riesling there you know i mean was an old riesling vineyard you know but, you know, I have a big passion for Pinot Noir, as you know. You know mm. I have a lot of burgundies in my private cellar. And so. And I thought, man, you have a vineyard there, an exclusive, I mean, vineyard, you know, monopole vineyard, which is full of limestone, you know, limestone-based vineyard, you know. I mean, limestone, we're talking about Pinot Noir, or I mean, mm. all the great burgundies are made on limestone. And so, and then we started 2015 to, to you know, slowly to replant the bells, you know, the belts to Pinot mm. Noir a lot of different clones you know then there i mean french clones there's little milrondage clones with little berries yeah. and so on no? and the vineyard is completely converted now it took us 3 years to convert it completely to pinot noir uh, 2017 was the first little very little harvest uh from the first third mm-hmm. we did uh so 18 so 19. you're going
2: into the grand cru level of rats. Pinot Noir. Pinot, yeah. That's, Pinot Noir, yeah. That's a good news. Yeah, story. yes. And
0: this because, is this is exciting. I mean, the wines are yeah. really exciting, you know. Yeah.
2: That's good. And yeah. so that is I know that thing. your burgundy cellar is yes, good. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. There's yes, rumors yes. of this uh, mm. burgundy
0: cellar. And we also in the Mosel the same, you know. Yeah. But that was pure accident, you know. Yeah. 2011, I mean, that's a great story. 2011, mm. um, Some an old wine grower offered me a vineyard in Ötzeiger Wurzgarten, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, sure, I buy everything. Kronkru, Ötzeiger Wurzgarten. Sure, if I get it offered, I buy it, you know? And because it's, for me, one of the great, really great Concru vineyards because especially that it is the different soil. So I bought it, you know? It was in January. In August, my vineyard manager came to me and said, what did you bought there? I said, what do you mean what I bought there? I bought Ötzeiger Wurzgarten. Yeah, what, what do you mean, you know, Ötzeiger Wurzgarten, you know? He said, yeah, but the grapes are turning red. I said, What? <laughs> what do you mean, turning red, you know? Riesling? Red? Huh? He said, well, I don't know, but they're turning red. I I got the impression that it's not Riesling. I said, what? No, no, no. That would be buying more Rocher, you know?
2: Yeah. Weird. And
0: having red grapes in there, yes. you know? <laughs> well, that, that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm buying Oertziger Wurzgarten, and it's not Riesling planted? <laughs> I phoned the grower and said, hey, what did you sold me there? What What's in there? He said, oh, that's Pinot Noir. <laughs> hey, you didn't told me. I like, so, you didn't ask. And so,
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, I so never win actually, the lottery. Yes. I never win the lottery, you know, but I bought the only Pinot Noir yeah. vineyard in sake you know. So that's then another said. that you have to see what you're buying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so in January, they can't see it. And so since 2011, I yeah. have a vineyard in Wurzgarten, you know, half a hectare, uh, Pinot Noir, you know. Uh, and so first we started to to make a Pinot Noir Rosé and made a sparkling wine out of it, you know. Kept it eight years, keep it eight years on the yeast before we release it, the sparkling. So we are now on vintage 2013, which we release eight years on the yeast. But since 2018, I also produce a bit, a little bit of Pinot Noir, you know. I want to go... I want to see how it works on the Mosel, you know. Hmm. And so we do two, three barrels every year. I mean, it's not much, you know, two, three weeks no. every year. High-end selection, extremely I mean, extremely high end selection, Ivan, mean, and it's crazy, you know. Um, I mean, to, f- to you know, again, learning yeah, by, learning, doing, by you know? doing it because yes. you have to learn a little bit. By, by yes, time yes, and time. yes, 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 yes
2: uh, We're gonna uh, end this uh, conversation because we, I think it's going to last yes. for three hours, if not. Yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yes. I have to he- hear about uh, the jaguars and your passion for jaguars, <laughs> and um, how many jaguars do you have today? Uh, well, three, I'd, three. I'd, I have I'd, an I'd, XK,
0: an MK, yeah. and
2: the E Type. I, I drove with you with the MK MCo- uh, op- yeah been in the, uh we have been going the, up to the vineyard in exactly, the hills with yeah the black and one it was exciting moments but but this passion for cars it's uh something you it's use. only for these I like I I I thought I, I when I saw
0: the first time the XK you know oh god I don't know I was possibly a kid or so, yeah. you know, I said oh my god what a beautiful car you know the e-type also everybody loves e-type yeah and so you know Yeah, and then I got the chance to buy an XK and then we restored it, you know, and restorated it and so, you know, because I think in these days, uh, I wouldn't buy a Jaguar nowadays anymore, but in these days in the 50s, you know, and until the middle of the 60s, you know, the – form you know that mm. i mean they have been I, so beautiful you know mm. they i mean that was possibly that's for me one of the most beautiful cars in these days you know yeah i'm not the new
2: ones you know? but i understand that you drive mm. that quite oh, well yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah i
0: drive the yeah. xk i take it down to burgundy We, yeah. we have, you know i have a yeah. oh that's a start. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah, new another other thing, thing yeah, yeah we have a new property yeah. in pudini Yeah. I, I bought half of the view to the yeah. Puligny-Montrachet. Yeah. you know yeah half of the chateau I bought you know yeah. we're just in full restoration so you take the
2: Jaguar down there and, oh yes yeah, we yeah. are often I mean
0: if the weather is nice you know ah, yeah. I mean not in rain and so yeah. I drove twice with the I mean, you know, I mean you know it's beautiful for mm-hmm. the countryside yeah. blah, 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 blah. I think it's a
2: beautiful picture, Wigan mm. But uh, it it's very, very, very nice to uh, be here. I, I hope I will see you again soon in Norway. If yes. not, I will yeah. come back and yes. revisit you every time. Welcome. Uh, and I will just say thank you for the knowledge of Musel and thank you for did you started Musel because many, many people around the world and here in Norway they love your works. That's thank great. you, Els. Yeah, and
0: cheers. cheers. So thanks for the cheers. invitation. Cheers. Thank cheers. You. cheers. <music>
1: Ukens vindtips med Svein er en Finansavisen podcast. Programleder är er Svein Lindin, producent er Lars Brendenskram og podcast- og videoansvarlig er Marius Mørk Larsen. Ansvarlig redaktør er Trygve
0: Hægler.